This is Closer to the Fire from the Voice of the Martyrs Canada with a focus on the persecuted church. The levels of violence against Christians in India from Hindu extremists is intensifying. This deadly campaign coincides with an Indian government's agenda to turn the country into a Hindu nation. And that has resulted in Christians facing an increase in religiously motivated persecution. The four states of Jharkhand, Uttar Pradesh, Tamil Nadu, and Chhattisgarh are now the most dangerous places for Christians in India, where beatings, arrest, church destruction, and at times even death are regular occurrences. And now here's just one example of the many stories that we report on from the Voice of the Martyrs about persecution in India. Now, in this particular case, acting on accusations from Hindu nationalists, police recently raided the gathering of the New Life Fellowship Ministry in Raipur, that is the capital city of Chhattisgarh State. Now, the complainants went with the police and attempted to enter the church, but were prevented from doing so. The officers then requested that Pastor Haresh Sahu report to the local police station. So after the service was completed, Pastor Haresh went to the police station and he brought with him two other men. Now, when the three Christians arrived, a mob of approximately 200 Hindu militants assembled outside the building and began shouting anti-Christian slogans. Now, inside, Pastor Haresh was informed that a complaint had been issued against him accusing him of indulging in religious conversions. Now, as the police were questioning the men, the mob stormed into the station. During the attack, the two men with Pastor Haresh on Kush and Prakash situated in the front and were badly beaten. But Pastor Haresh was relatively unharmed. The police officer had also been manhandled in the brawl. Reflecting on the incident, one pastor said, if Christians are not even safe in the police station, what can we expect? Arrests have been made against just two of those involved in participating in the attack. And joining me to talk about the increase of persecution in India is Nitin Siddhar, and he is a Christian leader in central India, and his organization is called Dinbandu Ministries, which means friend of the poor. Nitin, thank you for joining me on Closer to the Fire. I'm very glad that I could be able to talk to you and share what is happening here in India. Yeah, there's so many things going on. And, and as we talked about right off the top of the program here, is at a police station, you had three Christians being attacked in the police station. What was your reaction to that? We are very saddened by the incident that took place in the police station. It, they are not one. There are several in incidences that has taken place in last uh, four or five months, even during the lockdown time, um, uh, it, it was a government-sponsored attack on churches, and it was uh, you know, protection given by the government uh, to the militant group who are uh, going in churches, going in police station, going in their homes, and trying to um, terrify and beat the pastor. And it's many times those uh, incidences were shown on the TV live. It means the government knows that and government want to see Christian leave this country. And at times it appears that the government and the police aren't doing a lot. Is that on purpose? They want to polarize the vote. They want to, it is all political. When you go according to belief system, 
the Brahmin uh, scripture, Vedas cry for salvation. And Jesus is the Savior. People, those who understand the books, those who read Bible and other religious books, they should not be any threatening situation to anybody because Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And he talked about love, brotherhood, serving, caring for each other. He's a compassionate. And the God who died for us, for, mm-hmm. our, for our sin's sake on the cross, he cannot be a threat to anybody. Neither, neither his follower cannot be a threat to any community. It is all political, uh, raised by people, this issues to terrify people, keep minority under constant threat and fear so that they can uh, unite other, other group together. So they want somebody anyway. So they create enmity uh, between community uh, so that uh, there will be always tension. So when we hear about, of course, the BJP, which is like a nationalistic Hindu government, and there are the radicals, uh, is that uh, the sentiment among most Hindus in India, or is that just a small segment that feel that way? It is a small segment. Those are politi- political party, uh, and they are, they are all came out of RSS. It's the Rashtriya Swayam Sevak Sangh. Those are the people who, who plan the strategy for every election. And uh, now the UP election, Uttar Pradesh election is a big, a Bihar election is coming up and other states. So they want some kind of issue where people will forget about whatever not happened and they want to divert their focus on something, on the non-issues. And uh, so they can hide uh, that they have not done the things they should have done for people. In COVID and uh, uh, when the lockdown situation was there, there were hardly any help for the migrant labor. Mm-hmm. Those who were walking miles and miles from one place, to from cities to back to their home. We have seen, we had a roadside kitchen and we have seen that People were suffering. There will be no transportation. People were, yeah, women were giving delivery on the roadside. Yeah. And in few years, few hours, they have to walk. And when we have seen all those things and we stood with them. So those are the things. And the, the, the employment rate has gone down. Small business uh, is completely gone. The factories are running on only 20%. Uh, youth are finding very difficult. Education is chaos because they want to bring their ideology inside the education. So, so they are focusing only on religious aspects, not the overall development of the community or people of India, and creating enmity between Muslim, enmity between Christian, enmity between Dalit and tribal. So this government doesn't consider other people. They consider other community as a subhuman. That is the fault of their belief system, and they are acting that the superior race, and they should be ruling and running the country. Do they really believe, like, say, the BJP? And I mean, I guess it's hard to know the motivation of some people, but to, is that really the goal to turn India into a Hindu nation, or is it more about politics and staying in power, or is it maybe a combination of all those things? No, they want to keep India under their power, one thing. They want to bring the Manu's rule 
the Manu was their guru and he gave the caste system and uh, they wanted to see that caste system uh, coming in live and they wanted to be on top. So th they are creating the system to serve them. They want people, those who say, yes, sir, and it is a totally dictatorship they want to have in this country. So they are trying all different things. This is not one. They have a think tank and they will do that experiment in one state and see how it's going. If people rebel against that, they will stop or something, they will try in other state. That's how they are trying to bring Brahminism uh, into the country where they will have dictatorship, they have more power and they are increasing more temples. They are building People are suffering. People don't have, they are homeless people. They are beggars in the community. The, uh, the suicidal death among the farmers increased. Uh, em employment rate has gone down. And the children, those who are in villages, they don't have any iPad, laptop, or any smartphone. So they are, they lost their um, uh, the developing year of education. And uh, uh, many children, uh, out of school because of corona and they don't have uh, electricity sometimes, whether they don't have poor connection, um, uh, the internet connection in the villages or the people doesn't have a smartphone. So most of education is gone. Raghuraman was the ex-government, the governor of Reserve Bank. And he said in his report that Indian children are going three years, three to five years, they are back now in their education because of the losses. So some people, those who have money and those who are upper caste, they have privilege to go in good school. And so you see that uh, shining India and suffering Bharat, like the, the rural people, that, that, that kind of scenario is there. Yeah, you've got the ruling people um, oppressing the poor. And again, as you mentioned, it's not just the Christians, it is the Muslims, the Dalits as well, that are really suffering. Nitin, I want to talk now about uh, the anti-conversion law in India, which is used against Christians and others as well. And a story that we uh, recently reported on seven pastors arrested earlier this month in the state of Uttar Pradesh. And they were accused, as many Christians are, violating the uh, anti-conversion laws, in this case in Uttar Pradesh. And then they were charged with a legal assembly. Now, the pastors had gathered, as many pastors do, for a prayer meeting. They were detained. Fifty other Christians were also detained, but they were released. And then at last report, the pastors remained in custody, as we're doing this podcast, but their lawyers uh, were working to obtain uh, bail. So, Nitin, how do these laws continually be abused and used against Christians? Because that's not what these laws were set up for. But it is for their convenience they made those laws so that they can target the minorities and bring threat to them, uh, polarize vote, and show that we are doing uh, the funny thing. Uh, sorry, uh, it is a uh, difficult thing to see that um, they are cornered. When the persecution comes, uh, Mr. Greg, it is very hard. Children, uh, the persecutor. Uh, attack, uh, beat, uh, abuse, mm -hmm. uh, destroy the property. And many Christians within India doesn't come alongside. So that is the very loneliest period for the pastor who go through. I gone 
15 times uh, with the physical beating and so many cases and things like today. By the grace of God, there is no case against me. But I have seen the the part uh, church has to play sometime because the fear that it will happen to me. So nobody goes and serves. Mm -hmm. I want to thank um, uh, Voice of Martyr for taking stand and uh, uh, providing help for those families and the pastors and the legal help. The another thing is uh, uh, when you uh, uh, arrest somebody, the newspaper come in newspaper it, that is printed in front page, and when you are released, nobody knows about that. And why you are arrested, and what what was the reason? And when you try to uh, show that you are innocent, no newspaper uh, put your story. This one side story coming on mm -hmm. and on every time. And media is bribed by the uh, yellow journalism. You can say that they they are bribed, they are controlled by the government because they get ad in the TV and they only bringing uh, accusations uh, and the, when the person release uh, out of jail if you try to explain yourself this is what uh, wrong happened to me I was innocent and because the charges were fabricated and never proven that story never get so people have only one side and another thing is out of all the persecution Jesus name doesn't get discussed they only want what bad practices are done in the church and some people are what they are doing and luring somebody and bribing somebody. I, that is throughout India. Those cases never stood in the high court, Supreme Court, never proven any of those. But media create that um, uh, situation or um, uh, understanding in the people's heart or mind that Christians are very bad people. They give money and they, they and nobody talk about Jesus. I said, when I was interviewed by a uh, secular uh, TV uh, channel, and I said, man, we may be having bad attitude. We are not saying that Christians are the best people on this earth. Christians are not perfect, right? Perfect, I mean, perfect, right? We, know, we know that. And, and I just want to pick up on that whole anti-conversion law. And you and you talked about it. It you know Christians are accused of bribing Hindus to become Christians. Well, how does that affect the church? Because you know people are coming to Christ from Hinduism. We know that's happening in India and also from Islam and and nominal tribal religions, Dalits as well. But the reality is, people are coming to Jesus, and then that I guess for some within the radical Hindu community, that is. Force conversion, right? Yes. So how did that, so that how is, does that affect the Christians then? I mean, in terms of evangelism and sharing the gospel, you have to always build a relationship. Not during persecution time, but other common issues you have to take, like a pro-life issue, hmm. uh, human trafficking issue. You bring people and form unity on the basis of common program, not on the. Uh, basis of belief system, but basis of common minimum program where you can work together so that you can have relationship with other people. For, for instance, instance, 
if uh, rss is a, or a hindu militant group is is attacking church and if church has served in the community the people should come out and support the pastor or the people those who are going to uh, suffering or charges if that happen that is of successful of the church because even pastor gone in the in jail but people are behind to take that so no matter how hard persecution we should not stop believing jesus we we need to encourage each other people those are the another thing is very important that people on the fence they want they are india is in spiritual transition time mm-hmm. and they are sitting on the fence and they are looking when persecution come difficulty come how church acts they want to see church coming along side of the people those who are going to suffering or persecution that time that is a key test of true love and true faith when we show that many will come because there is there is no one like jesus yeah man nobody yes. is, nobody um, so and care he washed his disciples feet but he washed our sin by his blood there is mm-hmm. no god there is no deity in hinduism or any other religion that shows that but yeah. the, during this persecution time anti conversion law should government you make a simple complaint against that you lure somebody and he's just he doesn't have to prove you have to go in police station there will be charges against you just false complaint also and all these charges they are making uh, using that law there is a flaw in the law and using that to persecute christian and defaming the church they cannot defame jesus but what they are doing is they are defaming church nobody can say anything against jesus because uh, they don't have word and their religion when you take uh, jesus character and his love nobody matches there so when you don't have truth if you have truth and i have truth it should complement right but if you don't have truth and i have truth you bring hate because under because you don't want to humble and accept that you don't have uh, truth with you you don't have the deity who died for you so what you are doing you cannot you cannot touch the god but you can touch his people and you can uh, violently uh, try to uh, kill people and bring terror but truth cannot be suppressed with terror right so it, truth cannot be separate like that but these laws are uh, making complicated uh, for people they are not clear and different officer use that differently different ways they think and it is just for persecuting christians more uh, i see through this law very less uh, muslim cases took place majority cases is against christians right yeah now the and i'm going to ask you just in a moment here just about how uh the persecution against the church um is affecting the followers of Jesus but here's another story and a tragic story that uh, we've been following at the voice of the martyrs a young man named Atish Kumar he's a christian teenager he was from the northeastern india state of uh, bihar and he was attacked with acid and uh, he was left with severe burns 
And the reason for the attack and those responsible remain unknown. But uh, commenting, you know, from his brother who said, you know, just prior to this happening, uh, that it was because uh, he and his brother were very active in Christian ministry. And Natisha's family really believes it was the evangelistic work that they were doing in the community. That's why they were attacked. However, the authorities refused to file a case uh, claiming that the 14-year-old, and again, the family saying this is absolutely false, as Natish threw acid on himself following a family quarrel. He was transferred to a burn hospital located about 80 kilometers from his village. And despite the best efforts of the doctor, uh, the young believer passed away. When we hear of these kinds of stories, how does that affect the local community and the communities around uh, when they hear these kinds of stories? Anytime there is, there is this kind of attack and when teenagers die like that, uh, community feel uh, very, uh, very sad. The sadness comes uh, uh, among the community. It is not entire village or community wanted to see that kind of attack and death of the young man. Uh, but uh, the other side, when it doesn't get uh, communicated, so people are left with the suspicion. Even this uh, cruelty uh, is seen in this kind of incidents. Uh, other side story doesn't come, so people believe, and sometimes there is um, no courage to stand with the family. Uh, so those stories. Uh, are buried under the ground, uh, they wait for time and uh, people forget that because there is no um, clear-cut communication on that, what exactly happened. And over and over, one side picture is getting the people believe, oh, this, it was a family matter. And that's why these, uh, these so you want to dilute the seriousness of the incident uh, you make a fake story and produce before people. That is also happening. And it's very sad, very sad. And obviously it has a huge impact on the community. Uh, you know, it, it may stop some from sharing the message of Jesus. Yeah. But tell me how persecution, uh, and again, I know India is a huge country, more than a billion people. Uh, the, you know, the church is small, but it is growing. But how is persecution affecting the church when we hear of the attacks, the anti-conversion laws, uh, you know, Christians being in prison? Uh, is, is that strengthening the church or is it causing the church to retreat? Um, no, church, uh, some places when the persecution, like heavy uh, persecution happen, people get beaten and um, so a period of time they go in silent and um, maybe worship discontinue for some time. So there's some intimidation uh, happening at times, yes. right? Okay. At, at times. But a few uh, months later or one year later, you will see the growth also. Uh, the, where they are persecuted, uh, somehow God worked, He never stopped. And you will see more believers coming out of persecuted area and standing for the Lord. That also happened. We have a very good friend of ours. Recently, we got to know her in a siege in Chennai. Um, for last four years, uh, four months, sorry, last four months, every day, there is a, a report against her in different police station. And that is coming from Prime Minister's office. 
people, local people send to Prime Minister's office and Prime Minister's office gives Every day, she has to go. She is a born-again, high-caste uh, leader. And she is a chartered accountant. Her husband is an officer. They have 100 plus uh, believers in their church. And, uh, and this, uh, because she is from high caste, and she is straight to Brahminism, so they are putting cases against her every, every day. Every altar, she has to go in this position. But once I, heard, I was talking to her, and she said, I see every day people coming to know the Lord um, in my church. As I go to police station and come back, there are new people coming. So God didn't stop, and that is encouraging for us to see that persecution happened. It is in the will of the Lord, and we have to welcome that. And we'll, we need to ask God to give grace to go through that. Nobody likes persecution. Nobody likes because it goes against our um, flesh and uh, we all want comfort. But when we welcome that in the name of Jesus, the effect of the pers persecution goes from your, from your mind, from your heart, and you can God give fresh love for the people. When it happened to me, I had to say, Lord, in your will, I will accept this. And Lord, help me to forget and forgive those who are there. So you can in it's a one month you walk on the same street, they are coming from other side and you are going and you can say hello, hi, or namaskar uh, because God gives you that kind of love uh, to those people and you don't hate them, but you are concerned that people, those who use sword, by kill by sword, that's what Bible says. Mm -hmm. So you see their destruction is there while they are doing this violent thing. Yeah, you know, in persecution, and, and I love the point that you make, because we don't glorify persecution in any way. It is suffering, but God uses persecution. And, you know, from what I'm hearing you say is that there may initially be some fear, uh, but especially the believers that are mature, and it actually causes people, you know, to really dig into the Bible, because the scriptures teach a lot about persecution for righteousness. So, you know, we're hearing many stories of India, the church is growing, but so is the persecution. And that's why we need to continue to, you know, run to the aid of our brothers and sisters. So, uh, Nitin, what are some of the things that we can do in terms of helping our brothers and sisters in India? And I know that you work with politicians. Uh, you're not only working with persecuted Christians, but also with the poor as well. But how can we help in, in the work that you're doing there and uh, to strengthen our brothers and sisters in Christ as they're going through these difficult times? Very good question, sir. Um, I would like to take a few minutes to explain that. First, you can pray for the people, those who are going to, that God will give boldness, inward power to match outward, outward circumstances. And that is fear and threat. Once you have that, what happens in my personal life when I fought persecution and God gave, it is not I fought, it is God gave me grace and strength and people, those who came. There was a time when we got, there was nobody to stand with us. Uh, many nights we were, uh, we were alone and uh, there were hardly any support. But in those period, we could understand God gave us mission and message. Mm -hmm. uh, in our heart, those who are going through suffering, I should go and serve them, be with them, stand with them. Whatever you can give, you can 
and help them and you should be generous in your help that's what we tell our pastor we do ourselves the thing the persecution happens some of the case i studied um when you are two community and if you uh, um this picture that is a one road going and dividing two communities one is responding to gospel and another is not responding to gospel but you are walking in the road you are helping those who are responding to gospel and what happens when you give people those who are responding to the gospel like for water well project you see both community need both the side people need water but we choose those who are responding and those who are not we neglect right. them that is not the right way to do the work we need to show the love of lord whether you respond to the gospel or not we are committed to love you back there's no strings attached yeah yeah that yeah. kind of so if we do unwisely some ministry we we do good thing but we do unwisely and we create more problem for the people mm. uh, when you leave the place so those are the thing we need to really carefully do that if both the communities are poor one is responding mm. we not just show enough love and do equally good for them too to show that yeah and it is, that is not your job to bring them into christian it's god's job to bring them you have to be sincere lovers of their soul with having christ love in your heart and doing that and asking god lord you through your holy spirit turn their heart to you so those kind of things help the christian ministry um, more in days to come when the kandamal thing happened i challenge key organization in the country saying can we help give me 1000 water well and i will go there i will dedicate my 3 years sitting in the kandamal and we will do good equally for all the parties and reconstruct the church every church should be supported by different state if we said send two trucks load of grain and teens and uh, angles and your team for couple of one week or two week we had build orissa and the church in orissa that is burnt and people who has shown the love they were minister who willing to come political people who willing to come and uh, help us uh, those who are secular people so we lost big witness that we don't care when people get persecuted that is the voice people see that is the action uh, people see from the church and that was sad we lost big witness when we don't rebuild when we don't, don't go back and help those community that has burnt out so i think we have to work on as a christian to work on this side that when persecution come how i am going to react how i am going to pray how i am going to serve and how i want to show the love of the lord hey we will not leave people alone we will stand and i just love how you're saying that too you know we need to show uh the practical love of jesus and then that opens up the door to share the message whether you're in India or Canada or any other part of the world people need to see Jesus in us say yeah we can talk about it. i mean think about india and, and i've been there a few times is it is a very very religious country unlike canada which has become more and more secular so there is that opportunity you know to be able to share the gospel 
if they're open and if they don't uh, follow Jesus, that's again, that's not on us. That's on the Lord. He's the one that does the drawing. Uh, Nitin, thank you so much um, for all the work that you're doing uh, in India, uh, you know, serving the persecuted church, serving the poor. God bless you as you continue to work for him. And again, you're doing many things, uh, you know, talking to politicians and, you know, and showing pastors and being an example of what it is to love Jesus. And so, again, thank you for all you're doing. God bless you. Bless you, sir. Thank you. And if you'd Glory like to, to yeah, and, and we want to continue to be able to pray for India. And I'd like you to do that in a moment. I just want to remind people, if you're watching or listening, and you'd like to find out more about what is happening in India, the, the some of the stories that we've shared, you can go to vomcanada.com. That's vomcanada.com. I will put uh, the website on the show notes. And uh, when you go to that page, you can click on something called Take Action, and you can find the persecution and prayer alert, many stories uh, from India. India coming there. You can also sign up for a monthly newsletter, uh, you know, to hear the stories, not only persecution, but also the victories as well, and how we can help and serve our brothers and sisters in Christ. So brother, can you lead us in prayer for your country of India? Yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. You are great and mighty God. We are privileged to work with you for you for your kingdom, Lord. We pray, Father, through this persecution, those who are going to hard time and suffering, I pray, Father, that churches rise up in India, Lord, and go and serve, Lord, uh, these pastors, those who are uh, innocent and who are uh, victims of this, uh, um, the law, anti-conversion law. I pray, Father, you abolish that loss uh, help us to raise awareness among the politicians and the parliamentary and the state leaders to take actions against this law and uh, abolish this law. A lot of you pray, Father, that uh, the church in India will not come under the fear, but under the faith, and they will stake, stand and rise up and show uh, your love to the persecuted church law. Lord, we please forgive us when we are timid, when we are fearful, when we don't take action, Lord, when we keep mum, we will don't utter any word, Lord. Lord, I pray that whatever the numbers of Christians in India will able to tell about you every day, Lord, no matter what happened. Lord, we want to see your kingdom. We want to see revival in India. And Lord, we want to see church serving the people, those who are going to difficult times. And Lord, help us to be faithful in praying for those persecuted church, Lord. Help us to bring them out of that, that state and comfort them and relocate them. Uh, help their family uh, to, uh, to go through uh, the, their development uh, in education or in the jobs, Lord. I pray, Father, that bring Christian leaders together in India who will understand the uh, the pain and suffering uh, like you understand uh, that those who are going to persecution Lord. I pray Father uh, you give peace to the people those who are in prison now. I pray Father that you use them in prison and help them to welcome the persecution in your name Lord. Yes. And, and Lord help us to release forgiveness those who are persecuting them Lord. And I pray Father and we have seen over and over your faithfulness Lord. 
where the churches got persecuted, we see thousands and thousands coming to know you, Lord. So, Lord, I pray through our death or through our life, we want to see you glorified, Jesus. We want to see you worship mm-hmm. in India, Lord. Yes, we Lord. pray, Father, that people, those who are um, stuck uh, or slave in the false religion, Lord, in the ritualistic life, I pray, Father, you bring breakthrough, Lord, and let people see you are the savior of this world. You are the the redeemer and who who, who can uh, give us uh, um, the peace and who can take us to heaven, Lord. You came from heaven to take back to heaven and that kind of God. There is no one in Indian scripture, Father. And I pray, Father, that people will see you true, loving and living God. And I pray, Father, through um, uh, this time of uh, difficult, Lord, help us to rise up and help us not to come um, under the fear, but through faith, we will rise and walk forward, Father. Mm-hmm. I pray this spirit of death, fear of death, fear of man will be broken in your name, mm-hmm. Jesus. Yes, Lord. And Lord, I pray, Father, that give pastor wisdom to bring, uh, to build a relationship in the community, Lord, on common minimum program where they can relate to each other, share their faith. And Lord, I pray, Father, that pastor will have not only Christian supporting, but non-Christian will also support him. That kind of testimony you build uh, in the villages, in the cities where the church is there, Lord. And I pray, Father, uh, we we don't want to live in isolation, but we want to be sharing your love and word. Lord, I pray that uh, your name be glorified in the TV and multimedia, and Lord, in the newspaper, help us to write about you. Help us to uh, bring those uh, aspects of your life that uh, will be attractive to the Indian community, Lord. And Lord, help us to love the people of India, no matter who they are, Lord, and how worse they are, you love them and give us that love, Lord. Uh, Even as we go through persecution, Father. And uh, Lord, I pray the spirit of encouragement to come upon the leadership of India, Lord. Mm -hmm. Lord, we are not going to Stop sharing your love and your gospel, Lord. Uh, please give courage, Lord, uh, to stand firm. Lord God, we pray that uh, you bless the voice of martyr, Lord, and all the staff and the leaders. I thank you, Lord, for their courage to bring the stories before the church so that church can unitedly and fervently uh, pray for the, uh, for the persecuted church, Lord. I thank you for their love for India. And I pray blessing upon them, Lord. Lord God, we pray that Indian church leader will stand together, forget the uh, denominational barriers. Mm-hmm. And Lord, um, I pray, Father, the it is not my state or it is his state, and that is happening in Nepal and other. Lord, all people belongs to you, Lord, and give us that kind of love that anybody is suffering. Help us to serve them and pray for them. And Lord, encourage them. Lord, we thank you once again uh, that you are bringing many people into your kingdom, Lord. Lord, Mm -hmm. we pray through this persecution, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done as it is in heaven, Lord. We want to see India will worship you, Lord, one day. And we pray, Father, that help us to do a discipleship on a regular basis. Help us to serve wholeheartedly. And Lord, we pray, Father, that you give dreams and vision uh, to Modi and even Shah and uh, the RSS people, Lord. 
we pray that uh, they will also come to know you lord we don't hate them but we want to pray uh, that you uh, soften their heart and speak to them lord you are mighty god and we love you lord and we give you glory honor and praise in jesus name amen amen nitin sadar thank you so much uh, for all that you are doing and uh, your team in india and we will continue to pray for your nation and uh, god bless you just to keep up the good work i know that you know persecution uh, and i've traveled all over the world i'm meeting persecuted believers and one of the things that happens is they get tired and they get weary because they're human but yet their spirit is strengthened you know and just picking up something you said earlier on uh, the goal that we're here is to glorify jesus and uh, so whatever we're going through that we glorify Jesus and I can certainly see that in your life. So again, thank you. God bless you, brother. Thank you. God bless you. And remember, the closer you are to Jesus and this certainly is the case in India, the closer you are to the fire.